This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast where no matter how bad you think the hosts are, we are definitely worse. I'm your co-host, Yvette Dontremont, and here is my co-host, my lovely, beautiful, fabulous, and did I mention perky co-host, Alice Vaughn. Alice, how are you doing today, baby? You keep trying to get into my pants. I... Yeah. If I did not, this will they, won't they would not be a thing anymore. And then what would our Patreons have to talk about? The wall would be so boring. It's true. (laughs) Um, I'm sure I could think of several other topics that are of interest. (laughs) Apparently, we have a potentially new Patreon reward suggested by one of our listeners. Yes, where you create them a custom binder. Yeah. So um, for our guest, because we have an MFF going on on the show today. It's it's always very exciting when we get an extra penis on today. Yeah, it always is. (laughs) And uh, I have to apparently now get Dave in the loop of why there is this binder thing going on which is uh our she keeps binders full of women oh the Mitt Romney thing I mean he learned it from me <laughs> but it, mostly I'm a hyper organizer and uh I kind of recently just moved places and I had to windle down the number of binders I had I had more mm-hmm. than 50 binders it was pretty excessive it's a thing were they actually full of women <laughs> no most of them weren't at least I'm sure it's like one, and it had. To, it was in relation to the podcast and potential future guests, so that's the only reason. So you kept a list like Romney did. You had a list of women in a binder, just like Mitt Romney. I mean, I'm like just being introduced to you guys, so I'm trying to play it super cool. So you're like, yeah, I had 50 binders, and I'm like, binders full of them. I'm like, cool, cool, awesome, perfectly normal. It's very organized. Don't worry. Alice is aware that this is up. Like, I have my things that I know are completely <laughs> fucked up. Alice has her, like, this is a fetish of hers, practically. Like, I think you say post-it notes. And she's <laughs> like, oh, talk organizing to me. It's a, I speak no lies, Alice. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're it's, not wrong. I'm not judging. I'm fascinated. People like organization. <laughs> Spreadsheets. You know. Someone has to do it. Someone knows yeah. how to know how to use Word and Excel. It's fair. <laughs> this week on the show, we have stand-up comedian and host of the Saving the Dolphins podcast, which is actually not about saving <laughs> any dolphins. <laughs> Dave Kenny. Hi. He seems like he might be a friend of marine life, but I didn't think he would have a podcast about it. I'm not against it. I We were talking about this before the show. It is like, if you happen to be one of the super small demographic who uh, enjoys funny reviews of porn and specifically <laughs> enjoys the NFL football team Miami Dolphins, I mean, this is... I feel like there's one person in the entire world who's going to hear this podcast. Everyone else that has no application to them, but there's one person where it's really going to blow their mind. (laughs) Just one-stop shopping. I'm sure we have that fan out there. If you are the person. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. And by the way, if you're not into the Dolphins, don't be. Like, they're not good at football. (laughs) Hey, as someone who's from New England and is not a Patriots fan, it's so sad. It is so lost on me just because I just don't give a shit about football. Like, I'm a huge Nutty Red Sox fan, but don't get like there were years in which the Patriots were just a joke. And all of a sudden they were not. So, you know what? There is hope yet. But now it's like being a Patriots fan is like cheering for gravity. Yeah. Like it just it's yeah, it's cheering for the inevitable heat death of the universe. Don't worry. It's just going to (laughs) keep happening. That's fair. Sports, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, yeah. As I'm talking, I just see like Alice's face, like, oh, cool. Can we get back to binders? <laughs> Can we talk about boning again? <laughs> yeah, fair. it's pretty bad that I know zero when it comes to sports, but apparently most people pick up when you're saying, "Hey, let's talk boobs." Yeah, it's very relatable. Boobs are always going to get attention away from sports, or at least I feel in most cases they are. Yeah. So speaking of boobs, uh, so Dave. When we met, it was funny because you had this one routine about a couple propositioning you. And I I realized They wanted you to be a unicorn? It was a full-on gangbang. This couple came up to me and they were just this super like J. Crew, Murray Hill finance couple. Ah, Couldn't have been like more boring. And like this guy comes up and he's, you know, just just super boring looking dude, but he's like, Hey, my wife thought you were funny. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Thanks, dude. And he's like, She also thought you were cute. And, like, my eyes kind of widened. I didn't know where it was going. At first, I was like, I don't want to fight you. 
because like I didn't like because you don't know like like when dudes talk to other dudes. Like, you just don't know where this is going. Oh, my God. But, but also, like, this dude is, like, in a fleeced vest. His, his girl's in a blazer. But it, so, like, really calmly, he's like, yeah, once a month, we get together with, like, four or five other dudes. And those dudes just go he at it. He was asking you to help run a train on his wife. That's the thing. Like, I mean, that's why when he asked me if he was a unicorn, I'm like, I don't know. It's something more like a conductor. I don't know if that's yeah. a term that gets brought Everyone up. Everyone has a job. <laughs> It wasn't the offer that blew me away, even as much as just the casual tone. Coming up after a comedy show being like, hey, you're funny. Want to help bang my wife? He could tell that I wasn't, like, super buying into it. So he tries to, like, talk me into it by being like, no, it's cool. It's like a party. There's beer and snacks. Yeah. And, like, uh... and I started to get offended by how prominently he's mentioning snacks. What? Because <laughs> it's like. Here we've got pretzels. Come stick it in my wife. Yeah. Or like that I'd be the kind of dude who would be like, there is absolutely no way I'm going to fuck your wife with four other. Oh, like like pizza. All right. You made homemade dip. What? Capri Sun. What? I'm there. Is this artichoke? <laughs> I love these. <laughs> Ooh, canapé. Yeah. <laughs> what snacks would you bring to a gangbang? You know, I can answer this. Oh, wait. What's that? Oh. <laughs> of course you can. I can't it's, wait for this answer. Well, uh, so I've been to some parties, not necessarily gangbangs. I've been to some parties of ill repute in my life. Yeah. And I made fudge that was, it was a, a cinnamon, kind of a, it almost tastes like a pumpkin spice latte fudge between two graham crackers. And there was caramel in between it. So you kind of make a giant uh, fudge cake. That's what I brought to a sex party. I feel like it's hard to separate whether that's just a good snack in general. <laughs> it's a delicious snack. It was like pure calories just in a block of goo and graham. Just make that. Do I need to Urban Dictionary fudge cake right now? You know what? If that happens to be a sex term, that would be amazing. Hold on. If you have a suggestion for what fudge cake should be in terms of a sexual <laughs> term, email us, info at two girls, one mic. I just imagine you serve that at like a just a normal party and someone's like, this is okay, but I feel like this would be perfect <laughs> for a gangbang. Oh. <laughs> you just serve it at someone's birthday and they're like. This reminds me of a smell I smelled once of like three pussies mashed together in glorious harmony. Oh, yeah, it's, it's sex cake. Yeah. But where I was going with that is I actually realized next day I was like, oh, wait. I actually remember seeing you at, like, the stand years ago perform. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, nice. Because it was that exact story. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's a routine. So if you saw me do it, it definitely must have been a time where I was hosting it. Because I think that, like, the reason why I do that story, that story is normally a story I tell when people are paying checks. Just because it's like, it's a story that has enough keywords that it focuses people's attention while they're doing something else. Uh, like, it's not a joke I would normally do as part of, like, I feel like having no other idea of my stand-up. My stand-up is much less gangbang stories. <laughs> it's more the exception than the rule. But I, yeah, I think that the main reason why, that story happened, but I just realized that you're trying to hold people's attention while everyone's distracted with other stuff. So it's like, Serves purpose because people are paying their check and their eyes just go up like, wait, did you just say gangbang? <laughs> you know, I try to slip an anal sex joke into my routine about skepticism and fact checking. It works. I try doing it at the bank. <laughs> just in casual. <laughs> Speaking of deposits. And that's, yeah, it's tough. What does it say on this memo? <laughs> I mean, you got paid for a reason. So it's fair. Oh, got to bring home the bucks somehow. <laughs> Yvette with her hand or her face. <laughs> yeah. You know, every once in a while, I'm not the filthiest one. And it makes me have hope for the youth of our nation. <laughs> well, it's also just so funny because it's, it's at the beginning of the podcast. I feel like it's just like, I'm like slowly, anyone who listens to this is like, oh, Dave, like the gangbang dude? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The dude who turned down yeah, the gangbang. And because I have done that bit. Like a number of times, like there's no way to know how many people never offered gangbangs because of that joke. So it's tough. Like after that, you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe one day I could have, like, you could have missed all of the opportunities for people who were like, that dude could totally rock my gangbang. 
And there could have been other people who you would have totally been down yeah. to help bang their wife. It's true. And you just will never know. <laughs> on my deathbed, I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have been so close-minded. <laughs> I wish I wasn't so uptight. <laughs> so speaking of uh, hope for the youth, this week we're reviewing 30 Rock Porn. And I realized after watching and actually even during watching this porn that because I grew up in such a religious household and most of my sex tips were from Cosmo, I realized I did get a handful of sex tips from 30 Rock. Oh, yeah? Which? I I don't, you know, confession, I've I've seen a handful of episodes of 30 Rock, but like I don't, I need to sit down and watch the show. I like the, what I've seen, but I... Not all of the inside jokes are hitting with this one, but I'm curious. Do portend to me a little bit more about this, Alice. Well, I did find some quotes that accurately described so much of what I learned. Um, so, for example, <laughs> tell her you want her to donate her body to science and your science. Tell her. <laughs> I mean. It's helpful. <laughs> Tell me that hasn't described at least, like, <laughs> portion of my life up until now. Couple of years, couple of conferences. I feel, <laughs> I feel this describes a few moments of sexual assault for sure. Speaking of assault, so relationships. <laughs> for some, I want to point out that was the most upbeat transition. <laughs> Speaking of assault, <laughs> I've never heard an upbeat transition about assault. Like, are we going to talk about a recent news story, really or are we going to somehow? Go, I, I don't know where you're going with this, Alice, and I'm a little terrified. <laughs> but I'm here for the ride. Well, relationships. Relationships are like sharks. If you're not left with several bite marks after intercourse, then something's wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's from the show. Okay. Okay, gotcha. How about this? This one is going to relate to you so much more because you know me. Our audience knows me at this point. Dave, you're about to know me. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a threat. <laughs> Dave, you're about to know me. We're on webcams. So you're like, look right in my eyes. <laughs> with both of us, it's, you know... Bit of a promise, bit of a threat. Mm. Well, from Liz Lemon herself, do you need sex advice? Here's a tip. Sometimes a lady likes to leave her blazer on. <laughs> that is your... Um, Calling card? Yeah. Yeah, Alice, that's you. <laughs> Tell me it's not me. It is you. It's very formal. It is. <laughs> Dress for all occasions. Dress for all occasions. I've seen you in one that's a very low-cut blazer. So Ooh. you have you have your sexy blazers. You have your casual blazers. You have your business blazers. <laughs> Seduction I just blazer. have tank tops for all occasions. This is how we know you're in New York and I'm LA. <laughs> I have my dressy tank tops. Wait, do you have like a gym blazer? Like one to go to work out in? Because that would be extra. It's just like mesh. <laughs> <laughs> I need this to exist now. It's like a dry fit blazer. <laughs> if you are a fashion designer and can make a blazer <laughs> for the gym for Alice, email us and throw it to girls one mic. I need to see this happen. You're just getting in a message like, I just need her measurements. <laughs> oh my God, I hope so. Oh my God. I would actually go to the gym. <laughs> I was about to say, I'll go to the gym with you. And I make two of us going. <laughs> So formal. Oh, fantastic. Oh. So, Dave, for our audience who has never somehow seen 30 Rock, how do we describe this show? 30 Rock is, I think a lot of people, I mean, Kimmy Schmidt has kind of picked up since then, and it's kind of the same team. So if you haven't seen 30 Rock, but you've seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, it's very similar. But it's, I mean, the premise of the show is it's set NBC at Rockefeller Center, so you have Alec Baldwin, who's the head of the network. You have Liz Lemon, who's producing the show, which is like a parody of SNL. Especially with this porn parody, there's a lot of strange, weird levels of parody. This is like a real a like meta. rushing nestings doll of... So they're doing like an SNL-style show, and that's with uh, Tracy Morgan, with a real stretch playing Tracy Jordan, which is very different than the way he normally acts. Really? So different. So very different. See, I'd like to imagine that maybe in his personal life, he's just really an introvert. <laughs> he just goes home and he just, he's like you. He just has blazers for every occasion. <laughs> he's just. Puts on a podcast, reads. Yeah, exactly. He's like just trying to finish War and Peace. Catching up with his NPR. Yeah, exactly. He, he's like taking up quilting. <laughs> Stop. Wait, wait. Don't, uh, don't tell me is on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't talk during All Things Considered. <laughs> Listens to New York Times The Daily every morning. Yeah. But yes, the show, though, I mean, it's it's kind of making fun of or like kind of parroting them, them making a fake show, which is a version of SNL. But I think describing the tone of the show, 
I think what I like so much about it is the whole show is just a, like a nonstop joke factory. Just every scene is a thousand jokes all the time. I mean, there were a lot of really good writers, Donald Glover, Hannibal Burris. A lot of like the writers who went through that show went on to write a bunch of other huge shows and big oh, yeah. things. But it was just, yeah, I think that that's why I like the show so much. Just a million jokes all the time. At one point, actually, um, in 2010, a blogger actually calculated how many jokes there were per minute in the show. Oh. What? <laughs> Can you guys guess on average about how many jokes were each minute? 5.1. I'm going to say 12. You're close, Dave. 9.57 jokes each minute. What? So high. It's so high. I wonder if they were using like friends uh, technology where they just kind of sped up the speaking just enough to make it not sound unnatural, but get a little bit extra in there. Like, do you remember in uh, in the show Friends, they actually sped up? No. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the thing they did. For all of the show? It's I'm not sure what percentage of the show, but yeah, they sped up the the speaking just a little bit. I need to <laughs> please fact check me on this, but this is a thing I've read in a few different sources. I feel like I haven't seen Friends in so long. I'm just going to go back and I'm like, I just assumed everyone was on cocaine, but it turns out it was technology <laughs> uh, speeding things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was New York in the 90s. I'm sure they could all afford those giant apartments and a fuckload of cocaine. I think the coffee place was a cover for a coke operation. <laughs> like, oh I mean, God. it's pretty obvious. It's that called the Central so Perk. Much. And you're like, everyone's making fun of it. They're like, oh, that's so stupid. No way could they can afford that apartment. Meanwhile, there's cocaine in the coffee. Now this makes so much sense. How yeah. else did Jennifer Aniston have so much energy? It wasn't the coffee. It was cocaine. It's true. Exactly. Did we just start a rumor on this podcast? We're going with it. Hey, at least we're just going with coke dealership and not running a child sex ring out of the basement. Yeah. I mean, that is better. Didn't Ross have a monkey? Isn't that like a classic Coke dealer pet? Oh, my God. Yeah, he sure he's a geologist. Oh, yeah. Because every 20-something sure. I know who's totally not a drug dealer, wink, yeah. uh, has a great job as a geologist making six figures in their 20s. Mm. No, isn't it clear? He was selling rocks. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> it was a metaphor. <laughs> That's it. I would love if like, you sat down with the writers of Friends and they're like, yeah, they were obviously Coke dealers. We thought that was pretty obvious. <laughs> Years later, we were playing you all along. They're like, we didn't realize people didn't get it. <laughs> How do you think we got Monica to lose all the weight? It was all the fucking cocaine. Yeah, exactly. That was right after her brother took up geology. <laughs> <laughs> Selling those rocks, baby. Yeah. Not an endorsement. Well, not from you. I feel like I want a spinoff podcast of nothing but like friends conspiracy theories. <laughs> like just every. Oh my God. That podcast has to exist somewhere. And it's like three people running it and like six people listening to it. Yeah. Just... It's just called friends in quotation marks. <laughs> uh, we reviewed friends porn with friend of the show, Bridget Fetacy. Yeah. And uh, she said it was so unrealistic and she was so taken out of it. The second that Monica was, she was getting cummed on or just the fact that she was just so messy. It just, I mean, she's a neat freak, you know? Yeah. For me, like I, I never really watched Friends, so I'm watching the whole thing going, I can't tell if this is better or worse than the show. About equal. When I was watching this, the 30 Rock porn parody, I had heard of it, and I when I first met Alice, when she was talking about the podcast that she did, she said that they would do weird parodies, and that was the one that always came to my mind as the strangest for some reason. It's so obscure. It did well like an award season and stuff, but it was never a really highly rated show. And like, there's no one who was watching 30 Rock who was like, oh, there needs to be a porn version of this. Oh, someone thought of that. Well, Specifically, that's someone being Leroy Myers, other friend of the show and director who we won't stop pitching ideas that he keeps burning. One day, one day, Leroy, we will. I'm just still hoping for the dogma parody, dogma style. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there was a lot of restraint in them not calling this 30 cock. I'm not like patting myself on the back for coming up with that. I feel like that was everyone's idea, but I think that's I think that's why they didn't do it. Cause they're like, no, let's let's go a little bit class here. I realized in watching it though that to what your friend had said about like kind of how being a fan of friends and then watching it, I realized how separate my brain thinks about porn compared to how I think about TV shows. And that, like, it is just such a separate category that I don't think... I mean, I, Tina Fey, I even think, is very pretty. I don't think I've ever imagined her having sex before, or really any of the people on the show. 
like it just is like you know there's a part of my brain for porn a part of it for this so then like i was watching the show and i'm like it's gonna be weird if it's like seeing a bunch of characters i like having sex but then they went in a different enough direction that i was never really forced to face that in any way i was like oh no these are just porn stars (laughs) so fun story the adult actress who plays Tina Fey in this is uh, another actress we've had on the show, Lisa Ann. Sure. She also played Palin in Naylin Palin, which I just think is delicious because, of course, Tina Fey played Palin famously on SNL. So I'm like, there's something kind of meta on this. And I I want somehow with a combination of like deep fakes and body doubles for there to be a porn parody of Lisa Ann and Palin and Tina Fey having sex. And it all be acted by Lisa Ann. (laughs) Listeners, get on that. Lisa Ann, you can do this. If you're the woman for the job, you're literally the only woman for the job. Building a deep fake. I feel like Lisa Ann is like one of the only porn stars who has enough video out there where just even just using existing footage, a fan could reasonably put that scene together. Exactly. And since we have the footage of her as... Palin and Tina Fey. Yeah, this feels very doable. I'm just saying I think she should do it and capitalize on it. I was reading up on this before I watched it, and I guess she did an interview, and apparently she was also a really big fan of 30 Rock. Lisa Ann was. And she said that there was like a big priority for her to really go for capturing Tina Fey's exact vibe. Then after seeing the movie, it really bummed me out to know that it would have seeing the way the performance went. It would have made me feel better if she had just never seen the show Thirty Rock. Damn it! Why did you tell me that? No, I. This was what was so crazy. I sent this to Alice, so we're probably jumping ahead of it. Oh, it's fine. it's okay. We'll walk through the porn in a sec. We'll get through the plot later. We can talk about you know general feelings for now. But getting more meta. So two months after the porn version came out, Thirty Rock in the second episode of the fourth season actually had an episode where they did a porn version of 30 Rock. And Savannah Samson... What? And they had Savannah Samson play the porn version of Tina Fey. But they made Savannah Samson, who played the porn version of Tina Fey, look a lot like Lisa Ann. Like, the the wig was... Because, I mean, you see what Tina Fey's hair looks like in the show. The wig that Savannah Samson had was not a Tina Fey wig. It was way more of, like, a Lisa Ann wig. But even like the way they played that, they played that the way I kind of wish Lisa Ann would have played it, which was just like a porn star kind of having fun jokingly as a character. For some reason, it felt like Lisa Ann in this movie, it almost felt like she was going for like a soap opera acting. It's one thing to like go for comedy acting and have a tough time with it. It felt like she was going the opposite direction. Like she was actively going for very dramatic line readings. I don't know. Did you guys get that or not? Yeah. I have had that contention with her acting before. Fair. It was a sad version of Liz Lemon. It was if Liz Lemon was just super serious and her jokes just didn't land. I don't know. That's how it felt. Well, it's also the thing, too, of like if you say jokes in an incredibly serious and dramatic tone, they don't read as jokes. Like they just read as like just dramatic thoughts you're having at the time. And there were a couple well, of times. Also, cries for help from me. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> just cries of desperation. <laughs> That's why no one takes me seriously. Aww. I just say everything in a, with a smile. Come on. <laughs> Dying inside. Don't worry. Everyone can tell you're crying on the inside, or at least I can, because I share those tears. <laughs> it's the tears of father didn't hug me enough. Hey, it's better than him hugging me too much. I'm just saying. It's my pain, and I will deal with it how I want. I feel like I look like a friendly history teacher, and I was just brought on this podcast to be like, you're both very pretty and very talented. <laughs> We're in good relationships. You know, We're ha- don't worry. Like, we just joke about it. Some lucky guy out there. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. We, these, are, these are the jokes we tell about why we are as fucked up as we are. That's fair. So why do we get into the porn? Okay, so this porn opens with something I just really didn't expect. It was amazing. Honestly, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. It was essentially... So the porn opens with Trey Jordan, instead of Tracy Jordan, Mm -hmm. giving a crib-style tour of his home. Is this a throwback at all to the series? Because I really don't remember this. I mean, they would definitely have kind of parodies like that, where like Tracy Jordan would get involved in that kind of stuff. I'd watch a bunch of episodes of 30 Rock, but I, I mean, it's, I'm sure there's a listener that's going to angrily correct me on this. I don't think that there was ever like an actual Cribs thing directly, but I mean, they were kind of going for that like kind of ridiculous 
character thing with him. And it was so good. It was. They really nailed it. Yeah, when he points to the light and he's like, rich. <laughs> he gets up on the table with the goblet. I'm so rich. Yeah. He just keeps holding up random objects. <laughs> rich. Turns a book around with a piece of paper that says rich. See what's in my fridge? his cell phone. Who wants Chinese? <laughs> yeah, it's a great joke. Who wants Crystal? I did realize watching it that Tracy Morgan is, he's a hard person to parody. Just in that, like, he's already kind of on 11 to begin with. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can add to make that more ridiculous. Like, I think of anything, like, the guy who played him actually dialed it back slightly. The real Tracy Jordan on um, 30 Rock actually improvised a ton of his lines. Yeah. I actually found something really similar where at one point in the actual 30 Rock, he's like, I got a yeah, I got a solid gold jet ski, two bad mobiles, AIDS monkey bones. And by the way, that was scripted. The unscripted part was a pair of Rock Hudson socks, a pair of Bill Bixby's glasses from when he used to be your best friend. (laughs) (gasps) Wow. National treasure. That's solid. It's great. Great improvising. Was this after Tracy Morgan lost a frontal lobe? Before. Before the accident, I mean, I remember there was like this news story of Tracy Morgan, the actual actor. And it was like uh, there was an issue with his shark tank. In his Manhattan apartment. He had a sh... Oh, my Uh God. Yep. And there was an issue where there was, like, a leak or something. But it was while 30 Rock was on. And you're like, yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, about what I expected. (laughs) Like, there are some people who you aren't surprised when they have a shark tank. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) There's people who are like, no way. And there's other people who are like, yeah. Yeah, that feels about right. A goldfish seems like too much commitment, really. Yeah. Yeah, I can't keep a lot of things alive. Frankly, I'm shocked sometimes I'm alive. I could keep myself alive. That's Dogs and cats are good. They bark at you and, and scratch you if they need food. It's helpful. That's really easy. Plants, I cannot do. Yeah. I was like slowly killed an orchid. I mean... I didn't plan it that way. I quickly killed an orchid. Isn't that kind of hard to kill an orchid? They like can go without water for a while. I mean, maybe people just told me this to make me feel better. <laughs> but uh, no, orchids are, are, I guess, supposed to be kind of finicky. There's plants that are super hard to kill, but apparently maybe it's just this kind of orchid. Everyone was giving me all these insane advice of like, bring it into the bathroom when you take a shower. So, like, just the mist of it is how it'll be watered. Someone said to water it with ice cubes. Dave, I think the orchid was bugged. Yeah. (laughs) Why would someone tell you to bring an orchid into the shower? Come on, it was bugged. (laughs) They wanted to hear the dulcet tones of your shower singing to living on a prayer. (laughs) I was just thinking that. I was like, I like, I mean, we've already established I love conspiracy theories. But I was like, I feel bad for whoever's on the receiving end of that. (laughs) It's like I'm not even bothered by it. Like, I just feel like I owe someone an apology. (laughs) Oh, man. You spied on me, and I just want to say, I'm really sorry. (laughs) Me doing my half stream of consciousness, half fading in and out of singing Disney songs while I'm in the shower, that's totally something people want to hear. Yeah, it's a real specific fetish. (laughs) But what I also did like was uh, when he was walking through the home, uh, he was saying all the different things he stole from other people. Yeah. (laughs) That railing, stole it from Tyler Perry. Goes to the bedroom. This is where the magic happens. Right here. No, really. I stole this from Chris Angel. Fuck you, Chris Angel. (laughs) Warranted. Warranted, really. Really? I mean, is he a douchebag? I wouldn't know. Chris Angel, if you're listening, come on the show. Let's clear shit up. No, no. He's too much of a douchebag. We're not having Chris Angel on. (laughs) Damn it. Is it just me, or have you guys totally seen this house on porn sets? Yeah, those stairs. Yeah, like, I, I feel like I've definitely seen people fuck on those stairs before. I have yeah. seen somebody being penetrated on those stairs before, I'm pretty sure, and at least one or two holes. That shower, that bathtub? I'm yeah. pretty sure I've seen that bathtub in at least 20 porns. <laughs> I think I've seen it in like a couple of step-sibling porns. One's like around the corner, tee-hee, like, you know, that's... That's a thing that's happened in that house many a time. God, now I just want to invest in real estate and just lend it out to porn stars. <laughs> oh. I don't think I would want that cleaning bill. <laughs> oh. Look, just invest in the real estate. It's rent it like an Airbnb. Yeah. Just like have like the kind of thing where like everything in every room is waterproof and there's just a drain. So like every weekend you can just hose it all down. <laughs> just remember hardwood floors everywhere. Yeah. Like you don't even have to scrub anything by hand. You just come out with a pressure sprayer and just like. Come in, spray bleach. Pressure sprayer every time. Really? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You say that until you see the set afterward and you're like, pressure sprayer every time. 
pressure sprayer every time. <laughs> yeah, because there's just a lot of lube. Yeah. Have one bedroom that's the anal bedroom. Be like, look, I understand that you're cleaning shit out beforehand, literally, but <laughs> I'm taking no chances. This is going to another porn star next week. Yeah. Be kind. It's fair. <laughs> what was great is I was talking to one of our past guests um, that we're having dinner with next week. I was recommending dinner spots. And she said, well, I can't eat much because I have an anal scene the next day. Things you only get when you talk to porn star friends. <laughs> you know, or people who are really dedicated to their own bedroom. But I don't know anyone that dedicated. <laughs> if you are that dedicated to your bedroom, just please email us. Info at two girls on mic. Mostly yeah. so I could just say thank you, thank you. Um, and a Give you applause via a GIF. Yeah, I need to know if anyone's truly this dedicated to having some clean butt sex that they're like, I'm going to skip eating for a day <laughs> and it's not for the camera. I love that you're just like having like a couple's date with another couple and like you're like eating dinner together. They're like, oh, I can't. Thursdays are anal. <laughs> <laughs> And they both just smile knowingly and you're like, well, that's not where I expected this to go. Everyone we've heard it from is, you know, don't eat for a day, laxative and a lot of enemas. Helpful. That's a job, man. That's a goddamn job. So moving through to porn, um, <laughs> by the way, they have a fantastic recreation of the actual 30 Rock intro. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Pretty good. In my opinion. Agreed. Pretty strong. So we're introduced to Jake and Alicia, or really Jack and Elisa from The Real 30 Rock. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just refer to them by the regular 30 Rock character names in this porn because yeah. <laughs> we're dealing with a lot of character names we want people to follow along. Sure. But you have Jack Donaghy, uh, so he is an executive. By the way, did you guys know that the role of Jack Donaghy was actually written for Alec Baldwin? And they were kind of fucking shocked when they got Alec Baldwin for it. <laughs> I can see that. I can't see anyone else doing it. Yeah. I know. Um, What's his name um, from Mad Men? The one with the really smooth face. John Hamm. John Hamm. Yeah. yeah. He auditioned for that role, but... Uh, they brought him in later on as an ex of Liz's. Yeah, I, I don't feel like he's funny. And then again, I've never seen him in anything other than Mad Men. I think he did well as Liz's boyfriend in the actual show. But going back to the porn. <laughs> <laughs> so you have very little dialogue where apparently Jack is he's concerned about ratings. Yeah. And uh, I guess the only way for someone to actually get their ratings up or how uh, Lisa says it is, how about I stroke your ratings? Uh, I, I think that's one way to get them up. That's some. That's a way to get something up. How about I stroke your ratings until they grow? <laughs> yeah, ratings. That's what they're calling it now. I don't know. I mean, for me, it was when he said, suck my executive dick. I mean, wouldn't that win any woman over? <laughs> It, yeah, there were, there were, uh, I wrote a couple down. Suck my executive dick was the first one. There were like a lot of lines during the sex scene that were just like, first off, he just keeps saying, I'm your boss. I'm your boss. Which again, like, I feel like if you're someone's boss, I don't know if you need to remind them. Ooh. I mean, he's kind of her boss. I mean, in the real show, she is Jack's mother's nurse yeah. that he starts dating. That's the thing that even like the boss thing, like it's not even the direct. So the way you say it, but. He also, like, during the same sex scene, he's like, you're so tight. You're such a whore. How does it stay so tight? Which, like, <laughs> you know. Ooh, man. Kegels? Well, it's also it's one of those things, too. It's just a... Genetics? A pro tip. You just, uh, you can just stop after you're so tight. <laughs> like, you can just keep those other questions internal. That one's gonna... Pro tip for the pros. I wonder if that's rhetorical or it's... The question is, how does a woman feel when they're asked that mid... Like, are they sitting there contemplating, well, you know, yeah. I did I, I did a lot of horseback riding when I was younger. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one's ever directly asked, how do you stay so tight? Like, during coitus. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, is there a problem with mine? Man, I'm really glad I don't get questions during sex because I would no. just sit down and answer them. What's the top of Maslow's hierarchy of need, baby? Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. It just gets really philosophical. She's like, what? It starts with believing in myself. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> I eat organic and I, I work out and I drink 10 glasses of water a day, just like somebody told us that was how she keeps her skin nice on this podcast. I'm yeah, exactly. sorry. She's like, I'm not naming names, but you bullshitted us, lady. She's like, thanks for asking. Something I noticed across all the sex scenes was that everyone, it's like they would do like a character to some degree, but for the most part, that character was just immediately abandoned as soon as sex started 
Which, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's probably true for most actors. We end up not watching a lot of the sex scenes. I mean, it doesn't always happen. So, for example, yeah. like in ET porn. Oh my god! Sorry about this, Dave. Oh no! <laughs> Look, you came on this podcast. <laughs> you were going to be subjected to some stories. <laughs> he knew what this was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a scene where when you're having a threesome with an alien, or at least someone with a glowing it, dick. Yeah, you got to watch the whole thing, and they stay in character yeah. the entire time, <laughs> or. Oh, yeah. There was the most amazing threesome in that. Watch the threesome for the acting. I'm not even kidding. And if you want to see someone stay in full character during sex scene, watch Horat, the porn version of Borat. We've said this in many episodes. We have the Horat challenge where we we challenge people to, as Tommy Pistol is a master of, stay in character during sex with someone and say something during the height of one of those most intimate moments that Borat would say, like, nice. <laughs> Just bust out with a Borat style line. Or it's, and I mean, in a lot of his porns, he does that. He stays in character. So it's when I went, wow, that really is a goddamn job. That is like some <laughs> real Daniel Day Lewis shit. Like that is like, that is like <laughs> method. <laughs> Where like, I mean, that is like a different skill level because it's like, well, they say like with acting, like you can do an accent, but if you have to yell, it's actually really hard to yell in an accent because, like, when you're yelling, you're kind of accessing, like, a different – something, like, actually, like, really genuinely emotional. I feel like sense. sex has to be that times a thousand because it's, like, you act whatever role. But I feel like, for better or for worse, you probably fuck however it is you fuck. And I feel like changing that to suit whoever your character is. Like, I feel like it is a separate skill set that I feel like – It's some next-level fucking. Yeah, it is. And next-level act – if. There are a handful of them that are genuinely funny and genuinely good in everything we've seen them in. Sure. And they craft a character mm-hmm. and they're fun to watch having sex. It's, yeah. I'm happy whenever we happen to select a title that they're in because I'm like, all right, this is going to be funny to watch. We're going to have a good thing to review. I would love if there was like one porn star that like you found out that like Meryl Streep is like on the record of like admiring. <laughs> like just like, like just something of like just. <laughs> Let's get Meryl Streep on the <laughs> show and ask her. <laughs> Meryl, we know you don't listen to us. So assistant of Meryl, who probably listens to us, get on this. <laughs> Carol's dog's fourth assistant, please call us. It's like someone who just was at a coffee shop she was at one time, and you're like, close enough. We'll take it. We'll take somebody who accidentally like brushed by her, and it's like, I have a Meryl story. We want you. Email us, info at two girls on mic. You guys know the email by now. We say it like six times a show. So the next scene, we have Kenneth, the page, giving a tour, and we run into Mrs. Jenna uh, Maroney. And one of the things I love is she says, I grew up in a small town. We have barbershops, but no bleach. Okay, that seems eerily specific. Is this in regards to unbleached anuses? Like, is this a town just full of no bleaching of the anuses? Is this what it's throwing to? I don't know. She was saying she suffered, so I think she means they could get her hair cut, but she couldn't uh, color it. Yeah, that was how I took it. Oh, so you're saying hair. I'm going, God damn it. <laughs> I was going with what they do at barbershops. Look, I don't always pick them up. I have my moments of extraordinary dumb, but I got this one. I feel like Alice is just giving them like a ton of credit. (laughs) Alice is like, (laughs) where's the joke? She's like, where's the deep joke? She's like reading it. She wanted more than I did out of that. It's like an Ernest Hemingway novel, the way she's reading it. She's like, but what does it mean? (laughs) And you're like, I think it might just be what you think it means. Oh my God. (laughs) My creative writing teacher would be so proud of me. I feel like you're being very generous. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes it's a big brown dick. I thought that the dude who played uh, Kenneth, in my opinion, did the absolute best job. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Dead balls on. Paul Woodcrest just fucking nailed it. I looked him up because I was curious about like what his deal was. Because what happens at the end, I mean, we'll go through the scenes in order, but the switcheroo at the end was jarring and upsetting. And fantastic. (laughs) I agree. It turns out that that dude, though, is like, he's a behind-the-scenes dude. He's like a director, a camera guy, and stuff like that. He has Mm -hmm. no... He's just been an extra. I think this might... I can't confirm this exactly, but I think this is the only porn movie he actually has lines in. Maybe he's been like a cuckolded boyfriend or something. 
I've been like, all right, I'll be home in a minute. Hang out with my best friend. Don't do anything weird. But like, he really made this role happen. I was happy. Oh, yeah. And we've said this about a number of porn actors who don't have sex in porn. I mean, frankly, the Tracy Jordan character in this porn just doesn't have sex at all. Yeah. That was the most misleading. It was so good. The choice of who they decided, especially on the dude's side, to be featured. And like, if you're making a porn of 30 Rock. Obviously, you're going to have an Alec Baldwin character. But if you were like going to say, who's the second male character who's definitely going to fucking up porn? You'd say Tracy Jordan. <laughs> like, absolutely. Oh, no. That was, That's not where we're going with no, this. They open with that scene. And, like, and then there's like the scene where they're on like, Welcome Black Cotter. He's in all these right. scenes that seem like porn sets. So like every scene he's in, you're like, all right, it's about to happen. And then the movie ended. Yeah. And I, I was just sitting there shocked. Like, Because they open with, like, five minutes of him. So I'm like, obviously they're going to work this. No. Yeah, like, I figure eventually there's going to be something in which his dick is going to be, like, all of these kind of parody titles with black in them. I'm like, eventually one of these is going to be a porn. Yeah. Like, it has to happen. (laughs) And in each scene, eventually somebody else turns into the, I'm like, I feel let down. So, I mean, the other people they chose, they chose Judah Friedlander's, character Frank and they chose Scott Adsit's character Pete. So why do we go into actually the next scene with the Judea Freelander character? Sure. What ends up happening is actually right before that Jack gets the great idea the epiphany at post-sex which I've never had a post-sex epiphany my brain is just dead. Um, <laughs> now I'm trying to think if I ever have had one. My point is this. So Carry um, on. <laughs> he pitches the idea of inserting more sex into the show to boost the ratings which isn't a terrible idea. I do love though, specifically when he insults her and says, look, Lemon, you and I aren't so different, except maybe for your Ross gift card, which has given you the free range to buy your entire wardrobe from a sign labeled discontinued clothing 75% off. This man does not understand the joy of shopping at Ross dressed for less. I bought my wedding dress from there. (laughs) Cost 20 bucks. I eloped. It looked fantastic. Yeah, he was going like really hard. And the thing is like, it would have made more sense if it was like a terrible outfit she had, but it looked fine. And he just kept, and he kept roasting her so hard on it. And you're like, come on, dude, leave her alone. But is that in character for? Oh yeah, that's absolutely in character. Okay. It's kind of one of these, I dress expensive and fuck off. Exactly. Actually, Alec Baldwin, uh, when the show was wrapped up, ended up buying supposedly all the suits from the show. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice guy, Alec Baldwin. I hear nothing but good things. Ish. (laughs) Ish. Ish. No, you don't want the shows to succeed. You don't want to be like me. No, you don't want to stop dressing like a Walmart greeter. But again, though, because Lisa Ann was playing it so dramatic, it seemed like she was actually devastated by what he was saying. And also, like, Alec Baldwin, it's like, he does, like, this deadpan really well, where it's like, he'll say cutting stuff, but it's, like, funny and effective. It just sounded like this dude was just being mean to her. Does he, and I mean, because I don't watch it, does he deliver, like, more deadpan, almost not in the voice that he does Trump on SNL, but kind of in a, just a little bit more monotone than this actor is? Yeah, I mean, it's just this like kind of cool, very reserved. I can't do the the voice to save my life, but it's just look, Lyman. You and I aren't so different. Yeah, except for your Ross gift card that keeps giving you license to buy your clothes from under a sign marked discontinued seventy five percent off. Yeah, I'm not getting it. I know, like, I'm not getting the voice down. No, but, I, like, th- there's not a bitter edge to how he says it. It's kind of like matter of fact. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's why it's so funny on the show. Is like he's not saying it to hurt her feelings. He's saying it because he doesn't care. Whereas, like, this dude is, like, it's like he's saying it to try to hurt her feelings, which is, like, he's the executive of a company. He doesn't care enough to hurt your feelings. Like, it's... Yeah, it's just, here's an observation I have about you. You have feelings? I I don't register those. I might be a sociopath, but I'm not doing this to be mean. Yeah, exactly. What I do enjoy, though, is within the porn parody, they take elements of the show. So, for example, in the show... Jack doesn't mind pissing Liz off to get his way. Sure. So in this case, you know, uh, he'll promote Tracy Jordan to being executive producer of the show. King! King of the <laughs> yeah. show! Well, cut away. He's in a throne. Cape, crown, and all. Fuzzy slippers. Actually, Dave, did you any chance uh, write down this line? Because I'll send it to you if you could pull off this accent. Why? Which is it? All right. Hold on. Let me throw it into the chat. Oh, Jesus. My fucking Tracy Morgan... 
impression is fucking garbage. It's also it's like one of those things too where it's like I feel like as a white dude doing a bad Tracy Morgan impression is just like it's like there's no way a white person doing this voice is gonna turn out all right. Yeah, We're like three a, white people on the show, no. no one's gonna do this well. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the invite, but I'm like reading this and I'm like, I don't see an upside here. No, no. I can read it and not do the voice. Yvette, why don't you do that? <laughs> All right. Lyman, come here. As king of the show, I want to make a few changes. Instead of a musical guest each week, I want a midget wearing a clown outfit fighting a large dog with nunchucks. Strong. Honestly, I'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be down, you know, except I'm not, I'm sitting here going, problematic. <laughs> it's problematic, but I would watch it. If this were a hundred years ago when you could get away with doing such a thing, I'd go. Yeah, it's like that kind of thing where it's like, if it's like in public, you're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. But if there was like a private, like, I've got a video of this, you can watch it or not. I'm like, email it to me. <laughs> it's like if, if I found out it was ethically sourced midget clown fighting <laughs> with nunchucks, then I'd watch it <laughs> it's kind of like verifying that your porn is ethically sourced how do you verify that you have ethically sourced midget clown fighting with nunchucks was this dog free range <laughs> oh <my laughs> did they eat all organic exactly he, they eat out of troughs was he grass-fed <laughs> were they allowed to run free afterwards yeah. <laughs> we actually put little shackles on them on their legs the nunchucks were little sausages that he got to eat afterwards. So there was a happy ending to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't realize until afterward that, like, the episode of 30 Rock that they did a porn parody, it actually did actually have some a lot of, like, the same beats that this porn movie had. So, like, really? the, the, the porn parody at the end of the episode, to watch this episode was because Liz Lemon had to give Tracy control of the show. Which is why it became a porn parody, because Jack made Tracy give her control over the show. Also, there was that line about microwaves that we're definitely getting to, but it was the 30 Rock episode. One of the main things that Jack had to do was sell microwaves for GE, and it was a whole plot of him and his whole writing team had to design a perfect microwave. Dave, can you read the line about microwaves? Yeah, because he looks at her and he's like, sex is what sells on TV. Microwave ovens are a different story. You need violence to sell microwaves. But there was this long pause with the way that he delivered that line. It just it was like it triggered some negative microwave, like some horrible thing he had done to sell microwaves in his past. That happened a lot in this show where it was like, it wasn't even just the lines. It was the way that they were read. And some of the pauses made them a lot differently than if you just read them normal. There were a number of things I kept picturing. How do you make microwaves dangerous? And I kept thinking about, okay, what are standard things you shouldn't put in microwaves? Aluminum foil. Sure. Electronics. Yeah. Eggs in a shell, grapes, sure. a baby, another microwave. Don't put a microwave in a microwave. Yeah. Paul Blart Mall Cop on Blu-ray. I think Paul Blart Mall Cop is microwave safe. The microwave is only dangerous if you put a baby in it to the baby. It doesn't make it more dangerous to anyone outside of it. It's true. Ooh, good call. I'm going to hell. Yeah, but then any the problem then is it's not dangerous, but... Any of the food you have from the microwave from then on is going to be slightly baby-flavored. And that's not what you want. Oh, yeah. And I mean, babies are only they're only better in caviar form. It's one of those mood foods, just like the uh, the cake that you mentioned earlier. Like, it's a great cake, but it's only a great cake for orgies. Like, Out of sex party. I feel like, like baby, it's like there's a specific mood like where that's. Yeah, but like, if it's not the mood you're in for, it's not going to make your pizza taste better. I prefer my baby on Passover. <laughs> All right. As a Jew, it's the only appropriate Feels holiday. Feels so forbidden. I was the second born. <laughs> you know what I found? What you actually shouldn't put in microwave, and I didn't know this before, hot peppers. Really? Yeah, because apparently if you add some heat to a hot pepper, a microwave, they actually could potentially spark cause a fire. No. That's, yeah, wait, and chemicals, some of the capsaicin released from the peppers might actually cause you to choke and even burn your eyes. So it's a set process similar to pepper spray. So uh, I can see that. Don't microwave Carolina Reapers, I guess. Fair. Eat them at room temperature. Like, I don't know about them catching. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, and jawbreakers. That's another thing. Apparently, uh, they become explosives in your mouth if you decide to microwave them first. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And people did it. I don't care if that's an urban legend. I'm not going to be the next one to try it out. Are there videos of that happening to people? Because I kind of want to see I that. I have a story of someone in Florida doing <laughs> of it. Of Florida. 
Of course it's Florida. There's no other place. Some crazy shit happens. It is either Florida or Russia. Yeah. So we get to the scene where we go into the writer's room and... Oh, God. Actually, this is such a good line before the sex scene delivered by the Tracy Jordan character. Uh, So Liz walks in with news saying that, you know, and everyone tries to guess what the news is. And the best guess is from Tracy. You going to get that surgery to get jet fuel rocket knees? (laughs) And when guys come up to you... They'd be like, nah, sneeze, baby. And you'd be like, thanks. And then burn his face off with your rocket knees. <laughs> I loved it. Is that problematic? <laughs> nah, I think it's okay. That was it. I feel like you're adorable enough to pull it off. <laughs> like, I feel like you're in that class where like people are like, oh, she doesn't know. <laughs> she knows she's whiting while she's saying that. I think what I loved about that scene, though, is also just like, it was like, he went with rocket knees, but then there were like eight more lines calling back about like how useful rocket knees would be. And I just, I like that commitment. He, he went all in on rocket knees. Yeah. I think that was the same scene. One of my favorite comedy lines was uh, between him and like the Jenna Maroney. But he was like, uh, I'm a black robot. And then uh, she was like, I'm a black robot. I'm a black and, robot and, too. No, and there was like dead silence and like off camera, like really in a really low tone, you could have one curl be like, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> it was just sneaky little calling out the problematic. Yeah. Good job. It's perfect. Like, is that in character for her? I mean, that was definitely in character for a Jenna Maroney character. Yeah. So, agreed. Now, here's where for me it didn't feel on character. Now, we know Jenna Maroney will do quite a bit to boost her ratings and boost her role in the show. Sure. But would she fuck Frank? God, that's such a good question. I don't think so. I think that if it was like, if her entire career was on the line, like as a desperation, like in a, a scenario where no one could possibly find out about it, there were so many great jokes about like how desperate she was to be famous. But like, even like this desperation to appear young, like there's like certain tones, like your hearing naturally deteriorates as you get older. So you can actually take a hearing test that can within a year or two basically pretty accurately tell you how old you are. Oh, yeah. It's like rings on a tree, decibels you can't hear anymore. That's a true thing in real life. But also they mentioned it on the show and her character, every time like that sound was being played, she kept pretending like she was hearing it. But I mean, obviously half the time the tone wasn't even being played. She's like, oh, it's so, it's so loud in my very young ears. <laughs> like it bothers me. Ooh. They never did it on the show, but I feel like if that was a storyline where it was like she thought her whole career was in jeopardy and sleeping with Frank was the only way to save it. She'd be like, where's the lube? Yeah, not because she liked Frank, but that just that's how insane she was for that. Let's be honest. They could have just called Judea Freelander for this exact scene. I mean, they didn't have to go with a porn actor. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like maybe he doesn't do the movie, but he's at the very least taking that meeting. Like, I feel like at the very least, he's like, I'll hear you out. Well, also, my other contention with this was, look, no one wants to see Frank have well-lit sex. And we had well-lit sex with Frank. We didn't need that. The next thing that we get to after this too, Pete. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier about the choice of the guys that they had for sex. Like, Oh yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. They had options is what I'm saying here. We could have had Dr. Spachemin. My choice, if I could have chosen any sex scene from the show 30 Rock, because Pete's sex scene is a fantasy sex scene. I think the most obvious one is fantasy sex scene between Tina Fey and astronaut Mike Dexter. Yes. I mean, it's... Talks about it endlessly. Fantasy scenarios. Like, if you're going to make a porn, like, that's the one. That's what you would put together. Could have been a dude in an astronaut costume. You know, maybe he's just not as big of a character, maybe. And that's because he's such a side character. That's why. I don't know. Yeah, it's fair. It's kind of obscure. I don't know. But yeah, so uh, Pete Hornberger. Uh, so he's apparently so pathetic. And even in porn, he can't have real sex. <laughs> Oh. Brutal. So Dave, why do you walk us through? What's happening? Like, how do we get here? That was actually a detail that I liked because I mean that that is kind of Pete's character in the show is that he's just this like this guy with no confidence who just is like just this kind of perpetual like kind of loser, everyone's doormat. I think that that was a detail that I liked is that even even in the porn version, it's still just fantasy sex. 
But yeah, again, like it's not with the bald wig that they used for him. Oh my God. It looked like they just took it off the shelf of Party City. They spared no expense. so bad. uh, No expense. I will say though, it was also just those two characters, Ashlyn Brooke playing Jenna Maroney and Amy Reed playing uh, Tina's assistant in the show. Sari? Yeah, there we go. But yeah, both the actresses playing those characters were perfect fits because they're kind of like a little bit of ditzy characters to begin with. What was great, though, is after the sex scene or the fantasy sex scene with Pete, Sari walks away and a bunch of pens are dropped on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Not just one or two. It's like five. Just like five of them throw <laughs> them in <laughs> front of her. But what I loved is there was a cameo from Manuel Ferrara. Uh, I did not notice it. How did I miss that? I can spot my Manuel Ferrara, clearly. You have like Manuel Ferrara radar. <laughs> Look, it's radar. accurate. That's all I'm saying. It's accurate. It's like your pussy perks up and is like... <laughs> <laughs> Listening. I know he's here somewhere. My gaydar, it's off. Manuel Ferrara-dar, it's good. It's decent. <laughs> Even the way that it led into like the fantasy sex, like with Pete, it was... She was started to tell him a story because he's like, how did you get this job here? And her story starts with her dog dying. And and like and then it like kind of like blurs yeah. into the sex scene. And then when it blurs out and she's like, so I fucked a dude in an Armani suit and that's how it happened. But you're like, I think she even like gave her dog a name. But it was also just like, I think I enjoyed that that was like what was triggering like the sexual fantasy for him. She's like, this dog who I really love died. And he's like, uh-huh, go on. Cool. <laughs> I'd like to think this is just more proof that men zone out on women when they're talking and are just staring at their tits and m- mentally masturbating. <laughs> I'm storing this one in the spank bank for later. <laughs> oh, that sucks about your time. While she talks, she jiggles. <laughs> so speaking of people who mentally masturbate all the time, <laughs> there's Danny, Liz's ex, in the next scene. Oh, played by James Dean. He crushed it. But he so well. He nailed that character. Yes, indeed. Hey, dummy. Danny, what are you doing here? We broke up months ago. I called your cell phone, but it was out of service, so I bought you a beeper. I'm more of a cell phone girl now. Well, are you kidding me? You're dating New York's Prince of Pagers, your beeper royalty. I'm not going to have my princess caught with some clunky cell phone. Oh, my God. They did sell beepers on the show. <laughs> and that was the thing. James Dean, like, from the time he showed up, you're like, oh, he gets it. Like, he just... He knows the character he's playing. Perfect. And then also, immediately people show up to film them having sex. And she's like, what's this all about? And and he's like, yeah, "Yeah, don't worry about it. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Which like... And you see it happening. Like, there's no way people show up to film someone having sex when they're in a TV show and there's a TV studio there and there's not going to be a mix-up. Yeah. Oh. Although, one quick thing before we move on to the finale. I did kind of really appreciate how desperate Liz is in the porn. Did you just call me princess? You know, you can be quite romantic sometimes. Does this mean we can bone? Yeah. (laughs) I mean... She was needing something. Part of younger Alice was like, Relatable check. <laughs> this also, even the way he delivered that line, so does this mean we can bone, was perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Someone threw me attention. <laughs> Someone called me a nice name. I'll take it. I could use penis to latch on to at the moment. <laughs> Always. I feel you, girl. We've all been there at some point. <laughs> but post-sex scene, uh, so there is a mix-up with the tapes. So Kenneth, he takes the wrong tape uh, for a pre-recorded scene. And uh, apparently we see Liz Lemon getting boned on network TV. And of course, there's no consequences because we're in a porn. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, the FCC isn't contacted over this one. I mean, to be fair, that's not the ending you want to a porn movie. It's a, it's a bunch of like FCC bureaucracy. <laughs> There's like a hearing. And you're like, well, that's not what I was. I feel that would interrupt the flow of action. You know, FCC trial. You don't want it. I want it. The only way that they make that work is if they're like, there's only one way you're going to get out of paying these crazy fines. <laughs> and then it just... Hashtag realistic porn. And after the boss fucked her on the desk, he had a huge Me Too moment. Speaking of Me Too, I mean, in the levels of parody on parody on parody is actual NBC was a ton of sexual harassment at that time. Because this is in 2009 when like Matt Lauer and a ton of other people were getting fired in NBC, which is where the show is set. So it's like... 
Yeah, in a weird way. Accidentally accurate. It's amazing looking back on some of the stuff from then and seeing Matt Lauer kind of trying to nail people's ass to the wall on their sexual harassment shit like months before his came out. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> go away. I mean, come on. No one expected a rape button from him. Yeah. Yeah. That was next level horrible. Although I feel like the electrician who installed that has to be considered an accessory in that crime. <laughs> People had to know. Like, you don't get to the point where you've got to close the door just in case I feel like rapicizing button <laughs> without somebody knowing. The word rape is like on the button and the dude's like, something about this doesn't feel right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. But um, so Jack applauds Liz for this epic mix up Mm -hmm. and Kenneth the page is just standing around and Jack applauds him and says that if he continues, you know, doing this well, that one day he'll make senior page and cue Kenneth's daydream to him being senior page. Perfectly appropriate. Mr. Page. (laughs) Hashtag problematic. (laughs) I don't care. And he has two like. Bandoleros. (laughs) Yeah, he's got. Got the guns. He's got the. It just. He looks and a big like sombrero. I don't care what you say. I loved it. Hello, my little flour tortillas. <laughs> oh my god! It was ridiculous and amazing. Hey, if you don't consider that a panning dropper, I just don't know you as my co-host anymore. You know, I didn't say it wasn't. I just said it was a little ridiculous. Look, you turned me on, and you're a little ridiculous, Alice. So I never said it was bad. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that, like, because that actor did such a good job as Ken, and also because he was also like a little bit doughy. Like when it then turned over to a sex scene, I'm like, oh shit, that dude's gonna get a sex scene. And I was like, I was like, you know what? He's a good actor. He deserves it. Those girls are very pretty. And then all of a sudden, like, he blinks, and it just turns into like a hotter, more in shape dude. In a weird way, I almost personally felt like cuckolded. <laughs> Like, it was like, it's just also just so cruel. Like, even in his own sexual fantasies, he's still getting, like, tagged out. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It really is true. But, yeah, I was really disappointed that Kenneth didn't get the sex scene. Because we were all up, amped. We were ready for it. It's like, yeah, this guy's finally being the nice guy. And the real, genuine nice guy. It's working out for him, at least in his fantasy. No. No. I mean, I laughed, but it also was like, I was like, oh. He's given the alley you even in his dreams. I was thinking that because he's in the room and I was like, holy shit, this dude's getting a sex scene. Good for him. And they're like, I mean, imagine on set because he was on set with the girls in that scene. And they're like, all right, bring in the guy who goes to the gym sometimes. And he's like, it's cool, guys. Have a, have a good time. Remember to stay hydrated. <laughs> like bringing the guy who's got the spiked hair and is wearing Axe body yeah. spray. <laughs> What's up, ladies? <laughs> and he's like, "Have a good day, girls. You both look very pretty." <laughs> and you're like, Ugh. "He did a good job of being a page to pass him off to the real star." Oh, brutal. That hurts. I mean, overall, with this film, I have to say that there was some great writing, there was some shitty acting, sure. and there were some okay sex scenes and i guess that's the best we can expect from a porn parody sometimes there was some decent acting too there's some really funny stuff in there yeah yeah i mean the tracy morgan character i feel like we're all like in agreement here just nailed it agreed so final thoughts i think from writing tan's point it's probably got to be the highest level of writing so i think to parody it and to try to do that kind of humor is hard. Even if you brought in writers who actually have written on other TV shows and asked them to do like a 30 Rock style show, I mean, that is the hardest difficulty level of stuff to parody. I think all things considered, Tracy Morgan crushed it, or the guy who played him. Uh, I thought Ken the Pain crushed it. I thought the Alec Baldwin, I think he got the voice right, but just the way he played the character was really different. Lisa Ann, who I've seen in a ton of other stuff, Again, and especially finding out that she was a huge fan of 30 Rock, so it was like something that she'd put a lot of time and thought and effort into. It was just strange because I feel like if she just acted the way she does in just other normal porn stuff, I think that would have even been better than like what she went with. Like it was like she put in all this effort, but it was like kind of going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. I think overall, like I'm just amazed that this exists. I'm amazed that there's a porn version of Judah Friedlander out there. There is a porn version of everything and if it doesn't exist yet it's going to soon yeah we already know there's going to be a porn version of the show a few years from now 
it's, it's and finally the will they won't they will be answered. I think it's challenging because it's recorded remotely. I think that makes the the porn version of it a little bit more challenging. Hey, Alice is coming out here in like a week, which is wicked exciting. And sir, we had a whole episode on teledildonics. <laughs> it's fair. Technology. Just saying she can she can fuck me from really far away. It's impressive. Gets a lot less messy that way. I like to think it is the way to to make fuck without STDs, with guaranteed no STDs. It's the safest sex. Latency issue and the calls to uh, India though uh, for customer service are not fun. <laughs> Ma'am, have you tried restarting your dildo? <laughs> have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? That's the problem. It's not turning me on. Sad. <laughs> so, Dave, where can our listeners find you? Um, the easiest way is uh, Twitter at David Kenny, and uh, yeah, I'm always doing shows around the city. I, I normally post those on my Twitter account. Yeah, just stand up. And uh, if you're specifically also a Dolphins fan, or just enjoy hearing them made fun of, uh, the podcast is called Saving the Dolphins. Awesome. And we will link to that in the show notes. By the way, you guys can find us individually at the Cybabe on Twitter and at Rational Blonde. But you guys can find all things related to the show at patreon.com slash two girls one mic or just two girls one mic.com. Come hang out with us, support us there. Uh, that's how we can pay for some awesome audio editing and to get more fantastic guests on. Yvette, anything else? Uh, y'all can find me over at facebook.com slash cybabe where I'm being snarky and sciencey, mostly snarky. Alice, anywhere else where people can find you? I think they can find me staring at the reviews on iTunes. So you guys need to write more of them. Yes. Those make us very happy. And a little horny. Arguably. (laughs) Um, Guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.